Hello and welcome back to the Hulkcast. I'm James Rushton, joined again by Danny Riser and Cole Petter. And we're here to review the latest Aston Villa match. It was the last one before an international break. And unfortunately, it was quite a crushing and disappointing loss against local rivals, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Danny, it's been a while. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, nice to be on with you guys again. I've, I've had various like various things going on, just to, you know, which which have taken me off the podcast. It's not not because I haven't wanted to be here. Believe me, I've missed every every uh, minute of it. Um, especially um, especially because I haven't been here to defend myself. Uh, <laughs> I heard James call me the master of bad takes uh, on one of the episodes. Um, <laughs> believe me, I've got plenty of bad takes today. Well, you were you were certainly busy because I saw that you were the cover story for Asian Image. Right, it wasn't the cover story, right? There was a story about me. I talked a little bit about how I managed to get my role at the BBC. A little bit of advice for anybody who's trying to come up in the media industry, uh, especially for those from sort of like an Asian background. How generous of you, mate! Well, uh, we're joined by Cole as well. Cole, how's it up there in Canada? Hi guys, I missed you guys. Um, it's uh, it's a little cold here. Um, not a great day to be a Villa fan, but like you said, James, Danny's back. Danny's back. Tell a friend. Um, if I'm referring to Eminem there, so if anyone gets that, I hope they do. If not, I sound like an idiot. But yeah, um, it's cold here and uh, not doing the best. But James, how you doing? Yeah, I guess it comes to me, and I have to say, a uh, very disappointing loss today. Uh, it did it did genuinely hurt because it is a local rivalry. You do want to beat Wolves, and I have to work with lots of Wolves fans, so tomorrow is going to be quite sore to my ego. But no, Aston Villa lost um, 2-1 to Wolves today. Um, it was... <laughs> Villa didn't have anything in this match. I think it, uh, there's not much attacking intent we can speak about. There's not much positivity, unfortunately, we can speak about. And Villa lacking Jack Grealish, lacking Tom Heaton, lacking Bjorn Engels. They lost the game 2-1. War was all over us throughout the game. Villa lacked possession. Danny, it was a hard loss to take. Um, what is your general take on this game? Um, I I thought it was just a really, really bad performance. I think the weaknesses that have exposed us in the last few games have just, just generally not been addressed. Uh, I feel like we've taken a bit of a free pass with Manchester City and, and Liverpool. Then with that on top, you know, the injuries... Um, almost seemingly seem to be an excuse but uh, i'm just i'm i'm really worried with the way that we're handling our possession and the and, and the general sort of cantering on the pitch uh I, I just don't think we gave wolves a game and i don't care how many injuries you have you have to be giving the other side a game and that that just didn't happen today at all giving a game means one of two things it even means making it hard for the other team to attack you know, make force the other team to break it down, or it means running at the other team. And Villa were ineffective at both. We, it seems like we tried to go at Wolves, and when we had the chance to attack, when we actually had a bit of the ball, we were really ponderous. We weren't making those decisions quickly enough, or weren't making the right decisions at all. And when it came for Wolves' turn to attack, we were wide open because we were halfway up the pitch and uh, chasing shadows. Cole, it was a difficult game. What's your take? Uh, it's. I just feel like we were never on the front foot at all. Always chasing. There, there was. I can't think of any instances where I thought, "Wow, we're getting into this game and we can get something out of it." It just seemed like the game plan wasn't there. I don't know if it's the Liverpool result that's still lingering over us. Maybe we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, it, it was just super lackluster. 
I think if I was going to compare anything and exemplify anything um, in this game, it was when Trezeguet had a great chance on the left-hand side of the pitch and just literally went right at the Wolves player, like bought just right into his body and lost it. Like it was just completely one-dimensional. We didn't really offer anything. It's frustrating. It's a bit concerning, but I guess all in all, we have to move on. And uh, this is what we expected. I think we have to remind ourselves of that as well, because Look where we were last year. I don't know how many times I'm going to beat that drum till it's broken. It's I'm going to take that that final spot in the Premier League as long as we're not relegated. Yeah, but what what what, what do you mean? This is what was expected because we 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 nearly beat Liverpool, the, the the best team in the league last week. So, you know how was how was being walked over by Wolves what we were expecting? I'm just I'm just just asking the question. No, that's a good question. Maybe I should actually <laughs> um, explain that a little bit more. I'm I'm kind of mean in terms of expectations this season because i think a lot of people obviously you have realistic fans Mm, unrealistic fans i'm not saying none of us are unrealistic but i think at the same point like there's so many of these results where we look at it and say we should have got something out of this and that's the frustrating point but i kind of have to roll that all back in my head especially and think you know what we're in the premier league like will we just take that final spot at this point i don't know it's it, i'm not saying it's getting to that point where it's like i'm happy for that final spot but i think at some point we all have to have to also have to remind ourselves that we're we came up last year in an unreal circumstance and where we are right now is did any of us expect this i think it's just one of those things we have to kind of appreciate where we are yeah, I think Aston Villa also had a bit of bad luck today against Wolves. Um, an early injury to Jed Steer, who himself was deputising for the injured Tom Heaton, if you can believe it. So two goalkeepers stricken with injury. Jed Steer um, looked at quite a nasty injury. He was backpedalling to a sh- to react to a shot. I think he managed to tip it over and um, with the help of the crossbar. But as soon as he you know, got back to his feet, he couldn't. His Achilles had gone. He's having a scale on that to determine the severity of the injury. But I believe Jed Steer has had a serious Achilles injury injury in the past. I'm not sure whether it's the same ankle, the same Achilles tendon, but it's uh, certainly cause for concern. So Oyen Neuland actually came in to make his first uh, Premier League appearance for Aston Villa. And it's been a while since we've seen him, but Cole, that is a damaging situation to be in from the get-go. Um, not only is your first choice keeper unavailable, the second choice is injured. And not only is he injured, he's injured in the first few minutes of the game. So you're forced to make the substitution you never want to make, which is replacing the goalkeeper. It, it did take that choice away from Villa in the second half as well. Yeah, like I think there's just like there's so many instances today where it just wasn't our day. And I think injuries exemplify that even more using two of our substitutions for injuries and it sucks for jet steer because if you think about it this is his chance um if he comes back you know he's going right back in but this is steer's chance to at least get some claim in that and maybe have a little bit of a debate and instantly he's down and that sucks for him but it's it's kind of funny because james i know you tweeted this so uh shout out to you um where you kind of reference thank god we still have four keepers uh that was something we were moaning about saying why do we have so many and you know what right now depending on what heaton's injury situation is james it's looking pretty good right now that we have that many keepers well i mean there's plenty of criticisms we can throw at Nyland, kalinich and, and steer um but we're in a situation now if we didn't have them all we'd be in a, a bit of a worry because Sarkic would be off on loan. Um, we'll be using a uh, under-18, under-23 goalkeeper. And I mean, as uh, much criticism as you can throw at Nyland and Kalinic, are not bad backups to have. Like, there is a certain amount of quality and experience there that is uh, good to have if it's a fourth or a third-choice goalkeeper. So, not a terribly bad situation to be in. I think it's a tiny bit of luck that we found ourselves here, Danny. 
uh, found ourselves what with the goalkeepers. Uh, yeah, four yeah. Of them. I mean, you yeah. can believe it. I mean, otherwise, you know, we'd have had to stick our right back in goal, eh? Uh, I mean, that, that, that's what happened midweek for Manchester City. Obviously, there's some context there. Um, but I, I just, I just, I think all goalkeepers are meant to be just capable of their jobs, right? I mean, it is what it is. A goalkeeper's job is to go through the game, um, be calm uh, on their line, uh, not letting clangers. Obviously, that's the, that's the one thing. And also just generally, you know, be commanding. Uh, and, and I think I think Nylon generally did a decent job today. I think he did generally did a decent job. I will say that the that the Neves shot, I do believe Tom Heaton probably would have probably would have got to, but I I don't blame Nylon for that goal. Um but again, I also just think that, you know, goalkeepers getting injured and uh, and, and having to bring in a third choice keeper, it, it shouldn't define the way that you play. Um, and I think that's the only thing. I saw a couple of people using um, using the injury as an excuse for for, for why we played badly today, and I, I don't think um, I, I don't think you can put it down to that. Uh, but but yeah, it, it's good that we've got three decent keepers, especially because Nyland's definitely still learning. It is it is difficult because you can't say bringing a goalkeeper on, you know, was the reason we played badly. Badly, Danley. I, I completely agree with that. Um, but I do think it has an effect because you can't. You've only got one substitution due to the Matt Target concussion, and he had to come off to to injury. And uh, Neil Taylor was brought on instead of him. Then you've only got one substitution you can use in the second half, and you, you need three. You need to use three. You need to replace three bodies. You know, three attack-minded bodies on that pitch. You don't usually sub your fullbacks off. You don't sub your centre backs off, and you certainly don't take your goalkeeper off those positions. You know, those changes are usually used for fitness concerns around the midfield or tactical concerns up front. And you, you make the smart choices there. Villa could only make one actual substitution today, and that was uh, taking off marvellous Nakamba, who had a tough game for Henry Lansbury, who came on and uh, tried his best to create. But Villa certainly needed maybe Codger and Harahan to come on, and they didn't have that and you know the second half we'll skip ahead the second half was much better than the first and um, Villa were attacking they were having more success but they were tired they didn't have the energy there was no fresh legs coming on and there was only one pair of fresh legs coming on and it was Henry Lansbury and it, it, it wasn't enough and that was because of the injuries we didn't lose because of the injuries but I think having two further changes certainly would have helped us in the second half I mean I get that I get that, but um, I don't think I've seen an instance so far this season where making substitutions has won us the game. I think you, you have to you have to play that game over sixty to seventy minutes. James, we've played we've played second halves with uh, against teams who have ten men and not punished a single one of those teams. Uh, and maybe, maybe one of them, I can't even remember which which game. Um, so I, I just I just I think you know that's clearly not the issue. Um, if 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 we if we play well in that first half, and and we try to and, and we run at wolves and show that we've got the same kind of energy, then then sure. Um, but I just I don't even think any sort of substitution would have made a difference today. I think the general aura and the general energy was just a little bit off. It wasn't even until we'll score that second where we where we started seeing um, a bit more energy. I do think though I do make I, th- I think you make a good point about Lansbury. I think he made a big difference for Villa today. I think he he did. Um, I think he's one of those who is now knocking on that door to be starting. I think genuinely you have to look at Lansbury as an option whilst Grealish is injured. Cole, the defining moment of uh, the first half of the, was, of course, of Ruben Neves' goal. It was a simple set piece. Um, 
Villa disappointingly sat back with 11 men inside the box. Um, it was too late for Oya Lina to deal with it. He managed to get a palm on the ball, but Ruben Neves does Ruben Neves things and he scores from outside the box. Completely unchallenged um, room, incentive to score all the space and time in the world. And he managed it. It was the easiest goal that he'll probably score all season, Cole. Yeah, that's a frustrating one because that's just poor man marking. Like, how can you leave, especially the caliber of Ruben Neves, open? on the top of the box with no one marking him. And I see people on Twitter. Um, I can't remember who exactly they were blaming. Maybe it was Nakamba or someone say, or maybe I think it was Louise saying he ducked or something. That's just, it's poor man marking. Like you cannot leave someone open, no matter how good they are at the top of the box on that. And you can say we got fooled or whatever, but it's just, it, it, it's, I think it's one of those things that kind of is proof in the pudding in the sense of, we just switched off today and we never turned on and that exemplifies that. It, it, it was just stupid though. I, w- I would love to hear John Terry justify what was going on at that free kick. I would love to hear the reasoning behind why anybody in that team is telling, um, in that coaching team even, is, is telling uh, the, the side to put 11 men in the box. What? What's the point? What are you going to do? If everybody's going to duck anyway... I mean, it's, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying that, that players do that on purpose, but that's what happens. It's instinct when a ball comes towards you um, at that kind of speed, right? I just don't think there's there's any need for for eleven players to be there. I mean, it wasn't even like he was the only guy open, though. I mean, it was seconds before that Adama Traore was kind of in position to kind of um, run at the run of the box too. But I think what happens is uh, before Wolves take that free kick, they realize, hang on a second, nobody's even challenging Neves here. <laughs> so they, they can just kind of drill it in. It's just a free shot. It's a, it's, it's just weird. It's just, I, I don't, I mean, James, do you think this is, do you think this was something they worked on? Is this like a set piece tactic or, or what? Well, Villa have really struggled all season from set pieces and it was only against Liverpool that we scored from a set piece for the first time. I look, you know, competent in attacking from a set piece, but the defending of them has been, has been a problem. And against Wolves, this is a team like, this is a team that you've on a fairly equal footing. I think Villa are definitely, certainly slightly beneath them, but it's more of an equal footing than, say, against Man City and Liverpool. And a set piece goal like that is just such a free hit to give away in a team where you're in a match where you're expecting to be competitive. And look, we, we did speak about Louise, me and you, Danny, him ducking um, before, you know, in the pre-record. And there's been a lot of criticism for Nakamba. And I think he makes an effort to block it. And look, you, you're not entitled to block the shot. I mean, you can do your best. But Louise moves out of the way. That's a secondary issue. Why is no one rushing? Ruben Neves, why has he got all the time and no, space but, in the world to do what he does best? No, but they are. Watch the goal back, right? They're trying. <laughs> but they're so far away from him that it's pointless. You can't rush that. James, you watch American football, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You see how much of an effort you have to make to like stop the stop the punt from from, from going up. Like they they they're coming from such a distance that. Oh, hang on a second. We're not stopping this at all. You know, it's, it's just so basic. Why are there eleven men in the box? Like, why can't there just be one guy outside? If there are eleven men in the box, right? Why are they on a? Why are they in a straight line? Yeah, I mean that's that's the other thing. It's incredibly naive, I think, Cole. It is, you know, looking back at this goal, it's just one, you know, Nevers does this stuff. So the Dean Smith's smart, John Terry's smart, Neil Cutler's smart. Our coaching team are amazing. They know this stuff, but the book stops with them. Why Why did this happen? You know, I'm, I'm not asking you for an answer here, Cole, because I know you're not going to have a direct answer from the, you know, the, the head of Dean Smith or, or even John Terry, but it's just hard to believe. 
Well, James, actually, me and Dean Smith share the same mind. I know what he's thinking right now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, it, I, I don't know how to explain this because it's the most basic tactical <laughs> defending. You should always have someone at the top of the box. Of, co- of course, you're going to have Wesley in the box. He's taller. You want uh, uh, taller players in the box. But why wouldn't Trezeguet, someone be at the top? Just to, It's simple. It's simple tactics. Like you learn this stuff when you're like seven. It just... I don't know. It's just, it's another one of those things where we, we switched off completely. It's, oh my God, talking to you guys right now, I'm getting more concerned as as I go on. <laughs> well, it was a disappointing goal to give away because look, if you look at the whole match, the chances were there, but you know, they're few and far between, you know, it's serious chances for both teams weren't, you know, always there. Wolves certainly had the easier chances than Villa, but look, they only scored one of a goal. It was the, the second easiest goal they had in the day. The Ruben Neves one shouldn't have happened. And if it didn't happen, look, we, we're potentially looking at a 1-1 result and we're certainly much more happy. And it was just such a free hit, Danny. I think that's what annoys me the most. It, it is a quality finish. Ruben Neves does these things and you cannot take it away from a fantastic long-range shooter like him. But it's just, you don't even make it difficult for him. You just make it easy. And that's what, that's a frustrating thing. But this is, this is what I mean about coasting. There almost seems to be like no thought into the idea that uh, the other team is actually going to try and win the game. That, that's how I feel like we play sometimes before we hit panic, before we hit panic mode. It's like, and then as soon as Wolves score, it's like, hang, oh, hang on a second. They actually are trying to win the game. I mean, I, 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 I know I'm struggling to make this point here, but you know what I mean? That it's just it's just one of those things where it's like use your head, stay switched on from the start. I mean, we we've been conceding early goals like a lot recently, and it, it comes from that. It's like if you, if you play like you do when you're desperately trying to score a goal, that does not happen. Anyway, silly challenges. That's the other thing. The next big talking point to talk about is the potential penalty. On Trezeguet, I think it was Johnny Otto that comes in from behind. Yeah. Um, whether he wins the ball or not is a is a subjective thing, I think. Um, but the referee on the day did not award a foul. I think we all disagree on what happened there. <laughs> my, my personal thought is it did look like if you you can win the ball, but if you're winning it from behind the player, you you are taking the player. Like whether you get the touch on it or not, you're you are taking down that player and you're you're cancelling his movement through a tackle on the player rather than the ball. He's barely touched, James. Trezeguet is, is barely touched. Mark it. My, my, my point isn't necessarily that um, that uh, it's not a penalty. I mean, I, I I understand why people are saying it is. For me, there's not enough. There's, there's not enough of a touch there. But if Trezeguet desperately wants that to go in the back of the net and isn't you know preoccupied by the idea that there's a Wolves player behind him, that goes in. A better finisher puts that in the back of the net. That's my problem. Why is he not? Doing his utmost to get his body so. to the ball. Yeah, he's got plenty of time to get his body to the ball there. He gets a touch. He gets any sort of decent touch, and that's going in. Yeah, I can see that. No, I, I think I agree. I just think that the defending was very... It was aggressive, and it was on the man. Yeah, well, I think yeah Lund- of course it is, though. I mean, you've got, you've got, two, you've got two forwards in the in the box there. You, what, what's the defender supposed to do, James? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're asking me? I don't know. I genuinely don't have the correct answer there. Sorry, guys. I'm holding about, holding about three weeks of rage into this podcast. <laughs> I haven't been. <laughs> but no, you're right. I think he does what he, he does. And I look, I mean, it's not something I can expect VAR to get involved because it is subjective. We're having this debate because it's subjective. But I just thought, I think it is a bit of an unfair challenge. It, it, it's a tough one. I just, I just think, approach it from a different angle. If that is a Wolves player 
going down in the box. Are you calling? Are you calling that a penalty? That's... No, because I'm biased. Exactly. I'm a Villa fan. I think that's a, that's a penalty because I think a Villa player was taken down. Look, I haven't watched it like six or seven times, and I'm not going to forensically, you know, forensically analyze it. And I, <laughs> I'm not going to dive deeply on it, but I think in the moment and certainly looking after, I felt like he was clipped and it take his, it took his movement away from him. James, do do you think? Do you think he could have made more of an effort to get that in the back of the net? Absolutely, but every single player who was taken down for a penalty could have done no, the same. You go down for a penalty. You go down for a penalty if you're in the box. There's a load of other men there, and and it's not a clear opportunity. I'm not. By the way, I'm not. I'm not advocating diving here. I'm saying if there's if there's a bit of a touch, that's when you do that. If, however, you have got a glaring open goal, tapping opportunity, stop thinking about the penalty. Take it out of your mind. Take the possibility of it out of your mind. Put the utmost effort into finishing that. And that is really easy for me as a punter to say. I just think another player buries that. And I'm not having to go... Uh, I'm not I'm not saying Trezeguet is a bad player, but there are times where he is frustrating when it comes to finishing. And that was one of those moments. Yeah, I think... Okay, the thing... We'll put both biases away. Like, we'll probably have some Wolves fans listen to this too and think we're just full of crap, basically. And we'll have Villa fans that disagree and agree with us. But I think to the letter of the law, the fact that... Like, I've watched it three or four times. Like, he, the, the commentator was saying the Wolves defender he touched the ball, didn't even come close to it. And he kind of came through his leg. And yes, he could have stood up. But at the same point... It, I don't know. Like in another game, do you think that would be called, guys? Yeah, because it's the the, the clear inconsistency of referees. It is a human thing, being inconsistent. But I could see that being called Danny, and that's my problem. Is that these these things ain't called for Villa? Me personally, I think if that happens, VAR reverses it. Do you think? Do you think VAR would do that? Because after watching the Liverpool Man City game, when there was a clear handball. And Liverpool went on to score after the handball, and it should have reversed it. And then Liverpool scored an offside goal. I'm not so certain that VAR exists to overrule referees, but more so to help if they miss something, like miss something that they should have like stamped down on. I don't think it reverses the decision they've made on the pitch. I think it just picks up on stuff they've missed. Even then, it's not doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all just showing this is very sort of subjective. Um, I think VAR. You know, considering how subjective subjective it is, VAR makes yeah. the right decision not to reverse that. Uh, can we agree on that? Yeah, I agree there. I just think it, referees do call that. It's it's well, you know, whether whatever VAR does is up in the air. It's completely subjective. But you have seen referees call that for a foul, and usually when they have called it for a foul and a penalty, we we aren't complaining that it's that it's wrong. I think. But I digress. It's not. It's not the biggest talking point. I think we do have more talking points to talk about in the second half. Um, Villa kicked on, but guys, wrapping up that first half, um, Danny Villa didn't look at all like they were coming back into it. Um, I was just kind of hoping that we'd do the whole reversal. Usually, we're decent in the first half and awful in the second. Um, it was. It was very bad, man. I mean, I've seen it happen a couple of times this season. So, so it just happens. It happens to any team. It can happen to any team. Sometimes you just come out there, just not. All there, fair enough. Molyneux rocking um, by the by the sounds of it, and uh, Wolves are are there to win. Um, they're usually pretty good after um, after playing in Europe as well. So I give them that. But having said that, 
we should we just should have been better. Uh, but it, our body language was just all over the place, and I think you could see on Twitter, everybody's kind of just watching us and thinking. We're not all there today. Yeah, Carl, it was uh, pretty disappointing. I think we were talking in the chat about how kind of deflating that first half was. But uh, did you see any way back in after that first half whistle had gone? Uh, Honestly, the only way I would have seen something happen for us is, and I've said this before, is a formation change because I don't know how many times the gap between the fullbacks and the wingers, yes, you're going to expect that in an attacking formation like that, but the gap was so big. And you look at Adama Traore in particular, he was having a field day. He was tearing target a new one every single time. In those situations, when you're struggling to defend, you need your wingers to come back no matter what, even if El Ghazi, Trezeguet aren't natural defending wingers, and maybe they don't even want to do that. And you saw them slowly start to do that, but it's one of those things where they need to pick up it a little bit more. So with... With that being said, I would have liked to see some kind of formation change. But again, it would have been tricky given the uh, two substitutions and all that kind of stuff going on as well. Yeah, I know this is another topic entirely almost, but it feels like we we try and take this high road. And I've always enjoyed the way Villa play um, with their philosophy. They're trying to implement club implement club wide. Um, and Dean Smith, of course, the playing style and coaching style that he gives towards that. And we do try and play on the front, front foot. But, you know, taking the high road against Manchester City, and we did. We didn't do so much against Liverpool, but Manchester City and Wolves. We just get. We just get kicked in the teeth because you know these teams are better than us, and we we are playing away. So maybe we do need to adjust, Danny, because it, it is frustrating to see to for us to think that we can go to these places, beat these teams teams down when we when we haven't even got our best player, the player who defines our playing style. We haven't got him. I mean, not even making a change to accommodate the fact we haven't got him. We're just putting Douglas Louise in. I, I think the only thing we can do, to be honest, I think we we are an attacking team, though. I I, I do think that that's something we need to do but maybe we need to approach it a little bit differently sometimes i mean what i mean i i get that i get that we're trying to play attacking football but it's not really happening is it i mean we 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 tend to i i was speaking to you before the podcast and it seemed to me that we only had one idea today and that is hope to break and switch it onto the wing hope the wing is free wesley's isolated we're not playing through the middle. Douglas is... I'm honestly... I'm I'm going to be totally honest. I was confused half the time between Douglas and, and Trezeguet. I did not know which one of them had the ball half the time. I had to double check because Douglas Louise was virtually on the left wing. We were so stretched in that midfield and we were not using it. We have got quality midfielders in that side. However, John McGinn was virtually playing as a number 10 and uh, didn't see much of the ball at all. And I just wonder whether Dean Smith should just kind of go, you know, just try and do something different. You know, we might have been able to nick a result today if if, if Davis was playing, for example, alongside Wesley. So I, I do I do get what you're saying. Um, we, we, we need to think about having another idea because it, the way that we play uh, has to has to be malleable. Um it's just not going to work every time. Yeah, my problem, Cole, is we're trying to play the same way. We're trying to accommodate a Jack Grealish. When we don't have a Jack Grealish, we're trying to play the same way in the exact same formation away from home against a team that is that qualified for Europa League and have a, you know, a stronger pound for pound, a stronger team than us. And we are trying to play the same way, the same formation without our best player. And it's, it strikes me 
as naivety. And I don't want to say that because I, I adore what Dean Smith has done. And I have so much respect for him. I know if he's probably listening, he'll, he'll, he'll feel upset that I've said that, but it does after the, the Nevers free kick and some of the stuff that's happened, it does seem like you can't just slap out the template. Yeah. You can't, you, you, you know, against Liverpool, we were on the back foot and look how strong we were on the back foot defending with our lives. And yeah, Liverpool had so many chances, but we gave them the game state, allowed them to do what they wanted. And yes, they did break through in the end. But I think if we were to show that defensive might against Wolves, that have had, that have had a tough time breaking us down because we wanted to try and play on the front foot and we had no ideas and we were pondering in attack. We made it so easy for them. Yeah. I think the thing though, especially with Dean Smith, and if he is listening to this, hi, Dean, how you doing? Um, it's one of those things when I look at it is we and we kind of knew this before Dean Smith got hired, that he was one of those attacking managers, attack minded, um, didn't always have a plan B kind of sticks to his guns. And I can appreciate that. But at some point, you're coming up against top notch managers in this league, the Guardiola's, the Klops, et cetera, et cetera. And at some point, you have to figure out a plan B because plan A isn't always going to work. And we saw that, um, especially against Brighton. You look at their manager. He had a plan A and then a plan B right away. Yes, we got two or three points out of that, I should say. But at the same time, you're looking at other managers. They have multiple ideas and philosophies. And that scares me because no matter what goes on in January, who we bring in, something has to change tactically because you can't go into every single game expecting to just be on the front foot and attack it just it doesn't work because our defense relies a lot on blocking shots and as good as tyron mings and engels and Konza are at that blocking these shots that's not something you can count on because a lot of the time it is instinct and some of the time it is luck like a block shot is one thing sometimes it's a deflection into the goal taking the keeper out of the front off the wrong foot in danny yeah, yeah. I mean, I just wonder whether we we need to learn how to slow down play sometimes as well. I mean, I mean that in you know not not stopping the team from being intense, but like you know, um, you look at somebody like a. I mean, you've got Nakamba in there right now. Obviously, you look at you look at like Everton, right? They have somebody like an Andre Gomez, who, by the way, was was awful against us, and also good luck to him on his recovery. Um, but you know, you've got you've got those kinds of players who can kind of you know keep that kind of strength in midfield. And Nakamba's having to do all the work by himself today. He was having to do all of that by himself. Even if John if John McGinn stays a little bit deeper, that helps as well. Um, currently, yeah, it's either either we attack or we block, and we don't know how to do that bit in the middle, do we? I mean, that's why we lost against Liverpool essentially. Um, and playing four three three the way that we do, it's th- th- there needs to be another option. There needs to be something else there. See, 4-3-3, I don't think plays to Villa's strengths, and I'm not here to suggest an alternative formation, but I think the wingers aren't really our strong point. They can be good. They played good against Liverpool. Trezeguet put in a decent shift against Wolves, and he ended up with a goal, and he tried to lead us to another fair play soon, but the wingers aren't our strong point, and that's why when Jack Grealish comes on and he plays on the wing, it's like he's just an additional centre midfielder anyway, and he will drift out to the wing. The wingers aren't our strong point, and I think there's something to learn there that we probably shouldn't use these wingers because we're not getting anything out of them, and that's not their fault. It's the fact that they're coming up against really good fullbacks and really good defences that they can't break down that they like they could perhaps in Turkey and in the Championship. It's a lot harder for them, and it's a bit more of a learning curve, and we're relying on that, Danny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
I think I think we 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 something clearly needs to change. We do we do different things in the cup, and um, you think that's a good time for experimenting. Yet nothing ever changes in the Premier League, and that is a that is a slight worry for me, man. Uh, the striker is just generally isolated. Um, uh, when I say the striker, I mean Wesley. Uh, just generally isolated, and we need to be doing something to sort that out. Because I'm not saying Wesley's untalented, because Brazil of course just called him up. There's something there, right? But uh, he, he's not liking that on his own, is he? Let, let's let's be honest. He's he's not liking that position on his own. Yeah, because the wingers who are re- in reality our strikers are are, are wide. They're wide out, and when Wesley drifts wide, all he can do is pass it wide, and then he has to sprint into the box. And I think there was a lot of effort from Wesley today, actually, Carl. I think in the recent podcast, we've been a bit critical of him. So today, we have to say, look, he was there sprinting from half the, the halfway line to make a chance, and yes, he was making chances. And I think there was one way he didn't quite get the, the kick on the ball he needed, and I think it was uh, Dendonka that was pushing him off, and the commentator said, you know, Wesley wouldn't have scored there, but I think if he got a touch on the ball, he'd have tapped it in when it went across him. But yeah, a better game from Wesley today, mate. Yeah, I would agree. It's These are tough games for him because, once again, I don't think this formation suits him whatsoever. There's too many times where he's left alone to do things on his own, and I don't essentially think he's that striker that's going to take it on its own, obviously get past player with blistering speed, and we've seen that he's not really like that. He has a bit of hold-up play about him, which is good to get the wingers back in. But again, it's just support around him. If you're going to play like this, you need to be giving him better balls, more support, uh, more opportunities to get in front of goal and to have those opportunities. And I don't know how many times we've said it this well, this season, guys. It's just one of those things where something has to give. And if we want Wesley to succeed, more support has to be given. Yeah, I also think that you know we're, we're relying too much on John McGinn here. We kind of seem to think that because he's been scoring goals and he's shown that he can, that he's suddenly that guy that needs to link up with, um, that that needs to link up with Wesley Douglas isn't that player, and, and neither is John McGinn. We've got to remember that he's just a very very good central midfielder, a good box to box midfielder. He is not the support that Wesley needs, and he was playing, uh, he was playing in this weird position today, McGinn where he wasn't in the midfield making tackles, but he wasn't quite just behind Wesley. And again, this is that insistence on the formation overplaying to the strength of the players that we've got. And I do think we're missing Hotter, um, by the way, who has been injured for for I don't know how long. He would have been that number 10, wouldn't he? He would have been that player to, to link up behind him. We don't have that at the moment. Um whether that means we need to start experimenting and letting, say, I don't know, El Ghazi play there or letting Keenan Davis play up top with, with, with Wesley, I think we just need to realise that um, we can't just be... I don't know. We can't just be leaving Wes alone like that. That's 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 basically all I have to say on that. Yeah, I mean, him and Trezeguet hustle, hustle a lot up front. But we're so wide and spread out that every pass has to be pitch perfect, like a, a switchboard, like across the pitch. And it's like this one idea that Villa have. And look, you look at Wolves and how drilled they are. 
like they are playing football on the front foot in most games and they look they they are getting stodged out of games by teams like Newcastle who will you know be structured at the back and they won't let Wolves have an easy go up front but they've got a year head start on on Villa on this expansive style of football they're trying to bring to the Premier League they've got a year head start they've had the same group of players coming up through the championship with certain quality additions Villa I think those Fulham criticisms come in. I'm still not buying the doing a Fulham thing, but Villa put a squad together, went right, we're playing with that same philosophy. And I think there hasn't been really that transition period that Wolves have enjoyed. They had most of their players in the Championship that come through. They sold the ones that weren't ready for the Premier League. They brought in ones who were Champions League quality and they've certainly succeeded there. Whereas Villa, I think it's not a rush job. But I think that time is needed. That you know, this is go. This is clearly a project. We're in a transition period, and we've certainly got got a hope now that we don't go down. Look, judged on that one result, if you take that one result in isolation, it's bad news. But throughout the season, we've had good good performances. So I'm not going to sit here and overreact like some people on Twitter saying, you know, we should be sacking Dean Smith because I certainly don't think that's the uh, that's the key. And I I hope you guys don't don't agree that that will be the no. Key. But after Liverpool. Well, I, I, my, my only problem is we seem to have taken Man City and Liverpool as free results. And all I'm saying is Sheffield United don't treat those games like that. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? I didn't come across on Twitter, did it? I think how, how you said it, but I think I completely agree because Sheffield United, look at the breath of fresh air they've been and the, quali- the quality they have isn't Premier League quality, but the unit is so much stronger than the numbers. It's like Leeds. Leeds don't have the best players in the championship, but together they are the best team in the championship. There's an attitude there, which is like, we don't care who that team is. We're going to go out there and get a result. And that's what I want to see more of from Villa. What there was a lot of today was a lot of heads dropping. It's, we're used to defeat now. Here we go again. Um, And, and that Wolves goal really, saw, that second Wolves goal, by the way, really exemplified that for me. Just like backing up, backing up, backing up, walking, um, not marking uh, not marking players that we should be marking. I just want to see more energy. And maybe that needs maybe that needs confidence, right? Maybe that needs some confidence from from another victory. Maybe we need to, you know, get grind out a result against Newcastle, who by the way are in form and who by the way have Kieran Clark who's scored two goals in two games and by the way have our former manager Steve Bruce and we'll be up for it. Um maybe we just need that result. But I think that that defeat against Liverpool really took it out of the team. Um, and I, they just need to sort out that psychology, I think. So, Cole, what is frustrating for me, as we've already mentioned on this podcast, is that Villa learned, it seemed that we learned nothing from this Liverpool game where we did play well without Jack Grealish, where we did, you know, hold ourselves, you know, we held ourselves high. We can leave that match. It's disappointing to have lost it in such a heartbreaking circumstances. But I guess there's a, a, in a certain way of looking at we can hold our heads up high from that match. But then we go into this one and we seemingly learn nothing. We go back to the same thing that happened against Tottenham, whereas you play on the front foot, then you get slapped in the mouth twice. Yeah. Um, again, I think it's another thing with tactics and game planning and being up underprepared like we're just I don't know how many instances this season where we're looking at teams going into it thinking you look at the lineup thinking okay it might be all right but I I don't know I feel like just I'm repeating the same thing it's just we're we're not playing the players in the right position you look at Sheffield United like you guys brought up a few moments ago they're playing the players in the right position they're playing to their strengths we're not playing players to their strengths we're playing players 
out of position in in a certain sense, or they're not exactly completely comfortable, and we're not seeing the best out of them. Now, of course, without Grealish, people can say we're not going to do as well, and I think that's a cop-out because you look at the Liverpool result as well, and there was unluckiness there, and of course, things didn't go our way. But it's just it's just one of those things where we need to change a few things, and until then, I, I can't see us getting a string of results together. So, guys, I think it is time to move on to more optimistic things. I don't really think there's much point in talking about Trezeguet's goal because it had no impact at all. I don't think it was widely celebrated. The goal that barely crossed the line um, had to be given by the goal line decision technology on the, the referee's wrist. But it was the one time that we had numbers in the box and, you know, look what happens. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it came far too late. Um, Villa had been knocking on the door for a while, but the hope was gone. And um, Villa absolutely deflated. They returned to the uh, the line to uh, make it the centre circle to make another chance. It doesn't happen. They're not Liverpool, so they're not going to get those two goals late on. Um, but guys, optimistic stuff. I need a match ball, and I'm going to come to you first, Cole. I need the player who impressed you the most. Um, this is easy. Honestly, I didn't think any of the starting 11 impressed me at all. I'm going to say Henry Lansbury. He came on and made more of an impact in that game than any other player, in my opinion. Um, grabbed his opportunity. And you know what? Thinking going into the Newcastle game after the international break, you have to think Dean Smith is starting to think, hmm, what do we do with Lansbury? Because he at least deserves to be on the bench, if not starting that game, in my opinion. He offered something different, came on with a lot of energy, was neat and tidy. And honestly, I have no complaints about him whatsoever. So I'll say Henry Lansbury. A lot of love for Henry Lansbury on Twitter as well. I think uh, his chances that he made and the uh, you know drive he gave to our attack haven't gone unnoticed. I'm going to choose uh, a player who came in for his Premier League debut. Um, he was in the starting 11. It's Ezri Konza who came in for Bjorn Engels. Um, the defence didn't really put a foot wrong. I don't think it was just more so the team performance. It was kind of what dragged the result down. Um, but Ezri Konza, uh, tough circumstances to play in. And I think he... Uh, himself well and look at this defense i think if players do go down injured we've got strength in depth there and uh esri Conta is an example of that danny uh can i give it to jed steer well you, you can't give it to jed steer okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> what would you give it to jed steer <laughs> didn't put a foot wrong <laughs> um it did put one foot wrong because it, it did snap it's not his fault um okay you know i fair i think that's fair on Conza. by the way um he did he did have to come in, you know, during tough circumstances, um, replacing Engels, who obviously has been uh, relatively solid this season. Um, I think that's a fair one. Um, I'm tempted to either go with perhaps El Ghazi or Trezeguet because I think they did, they did, you know, do their best to drive forward. I don't, I don't know if it was the attack which was the problem for me today. I think the wingers had to do a lot of work, um, and I think that's, I think that's a tactical thing again. I think Trezeguet did did play quite well. I think Douglas Louise did okay. It's a tough one for me. Um, I'm going to give it Trezeguet for the goal, but again, you know, I wasn't happy with the way that he that he fluffed that penalty, uh, fluffed that chance, which was which was a penalty in the end. But I thought it was the only guy that that was threatening um, going forward today, and I thought he picked out uh, El Ghazi pretty well um, a couple of times. So I'll, I'll give it to him. So we'll see you after the international break and hopefully be, we'll be around to recap uh, what, with fingers crossed, should be a win against Newcastle United. It's been the Holtcast up the villa and we'll see you soon. Goodbye.